block sports, big 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 block sports. My name is Malcolm A. This is another episode, episode 12 of the Big Block Sports Podcast. It's a long season. Uh, episode after episode, it feels more and more like we're coming to to what might be one of the the best NFL postseasons we've seen in some time. We have some some year after year contenders like the Packers, um, the Chiefs that are making their way uh, into the top of the seating, and then we have some teams that are uh, you know finding their way like Cincinnati into the playoff picture. Uh, the Patriots are back in the playoff picture. So welcome to another episode of the Big Block Sports Podcast. Like I said, this is Malcolm May. Let's just quickly kind of recap last week games because I think there is, there's a lot to look forward to, like I said, this season and, and this episode in itself. A little later, I want to be able to talk about what defines a bad team, right? What is the anatomy of a bad team. So look forward to that part of that of this episode. Look forward to that part of this episode coming up in a few here. Let's go over last week in short. The Lions went ahead and pulled a lion. So, you know, no shockers there. Cowboys started out their annual winter slide. Saints and Steelers are looking basically at the end of an era, right? So Losing Breeze last season for New Orleans and Steelers losing Ben Big Ben. Um, you know, I, I want to say they maybe lost him two years ago, but you know, in his place now is uh Ben Roethlisberger is no more. We are now subject to Ben Impossible Burger um there in Pittsburgh. The Bucks and the Colts game, like I mentioned in episode 11. B, I want to say it was my picks episode. It was one of the episodes, either A or B in episode 11, where I talked about this game would be very competitive. And it was hard fought, but the key, the difference in the game, what I saw was, again, the Colts outscored the Bucks 24 to 14 in the first half. But then in the second half, the opposite. The Bucks scored 24 and the Colts only scored seven. So that is what changed the game. In Carolina, they've come full circle again, again, right? So this is the pattern I've seen in Carolina. You get a new quarterback, you hype up this new quarterback, this new quarterback is now whack, and you're not sure who's that quarterback. And this has happened with Sam Darnold. This has happened with, uh, they kind of tried to float. Actually, it went as far back as before Darnold when Derek Anderson, I want to say, had a year in Carolina, and then the next year he was not in Carolina. But that's the cycle we've seen. New QB, QB hyped up, QB plays whack. We're not sure who's at QB. Carolina, in a nutshell. Patriots are coming on strong. Chargers continue to flounder, just like the Rams. And through it all, through it all, through all, through it all, the 49ers find themselves in the sixth seed of the playoffs and now are six and five after starting two and four. What a time to be alive. 
since I mentioned the six seed, the next thing I briefly want to touch on and just recap for you guys since the movement somewhat has settled, I want to talk to you guys about the NFL playoff picture. So I'll touch on the, the who's and what seed, what are the matchups in the playoffs that we have, at least at this point in the season. And, and because I'm a team player, right? And I know that when some of my listeners hear about playoffs and Super Bowl, they're already like, eh, I'm out. Because, hey, their team is not competitive. Their team is not in that mode just yet. I'm also going to touch on the uh, top 10 draft order. So we're going to do both spectrums of the NFL right now. We're going to touch on the playoff picture, meaning those teams who are looking forward and into the future of the playoffs and possibly Super Bowl. And then we're going to talk about top 10 in the draft, those teams who have left that 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 goal uh, a couple weeks ago. Now they're focused on, hey, let's be the best team in the draft upcoming. So I'll, I'll make sure no one is left out. That's because, you know, like I said, I'm a team player. Your guy, Malcolm A. Um, you know, and if you, for some reason, don't, have an NFL team um, or you don't watch the NFL, I, I still appreciate you for being here. Hopefully you're not being held against your will to watch this episode. <laughs> if you need help, blink twice. Blink twice if you need help. If you're listening on audio, you have no idea what I'm talking about. So Anyways, we are week 13 of 17. Most teams have between five or six games left, depending on their schedule, their bye weeks. So let's start with the AFC, and I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to start with the seventh seed on up. I'm not going to cover necessarily who's in the hunt for this episode. I think there's a lot of hypotheticals that still need to be figured out. And um, you know, for some of those teams, I'd rather save that for a full episode where I could really break down who has to beat who, who has to lose to who. I think that's always fun at the uh, end of the season where it's like, you know, if this team does this and this team loses that, that team makes it in. So that's always fun. I'm going to save that for a later episode. So as of 18 hours ago, here are your AFC or here is your AFC playoff pitcher. Seventh seed. We have the Los Angeles Chargers. Sixth seed, we have the Buffalo Bills. Two teams with all the pieces, the quarterback, the high-flying offense, the talent on defense, at safety, at pass rusher, etc. But flopping, floundering, just sputtering the last few weeks offensively and defensively. And I'll touch on, you'll hear those two teams' names in the segment that I'll talk about later on. Uh, in this episode, so stay tuned. We have our fifth seed, Cincinnati Bengals. Our fourth seed, the Kansas City Chiefs. Back from the dead. And these two teams are almost a reverse of the six and seven teams, right? Where uh, these teams started out slow, uh, but now have hit a stride the last few weeks. Third seed, we have the Tennessee Titans. And the second seed, we have the New England Patriots. And for both of these teams, you could almost say, how the hell did they end up there? But for totally different reasons. Um, So for the Titans, it seems like every week they have a bad loss, you know, like bad loss after bad loss. 
They continue to put players on IR. But here we are finding themselves still at the third seed. So you're like, yo, how did they get there? How are they still, like, how are they here? For the Patriots, it's still a shock, but it's different. You know, you're wondering, well, how does Bill keep doing this? After last season, we thought, yep, it was Brady. You know, Brady Brady took the, the, the cake. You know, he won the Super Bowl. The Patriots didn't make the playoffs. But here they are, as per usual, right in the thick of it, come uh, coming up to the AFC playoff picture. So, again, both of those teams are like, how are they here? Uh, but for different reasons. And your number one seed, the Baltimore Ravens. And I know, I know, I know, I know Lamar just threw four picks, but they still won. Harbaugh has to be the coach of the year. He's overcome nearly 20% of their camp roster on IR, injured reserve. They lost most, if not all, of their starting running backs in the offseason. Several players in the secondary, and they've overcome it all. To be the number one seed at that, not just make it into the postseason, but they are leading in the AFC right now. So shout out to the Ravens doing it big. So those are your teams with the way the matchups go. Here are the matchups, and they're they are just as spicy as the seeding. So we got Baltimore with the bye, obviously. Chargers and the Pats in the first, in the, what is it? They call it the super wild card. Chargers going up against the Pats. Probably going to have to take the Pats there. Bills uh, will, Bills end up facing the Titans. I have no idea who's going to win that game. <laughs> uh, I, I would probably pick Buffalo just because they're healthy, sort of. I know they just lost Tredavious White, which is a huge player in their secondary. Obviously, the Bills um, uh, won the last game versus the Saints. The Titans lost versus the Patriots. So I'm not really sure, like I said, who would win that game, but I think I'm going to lean towards Buffalo. And then the last matchup, Bengals and the Chiefs. I think I'll take the Chiefs on that one just because of experience, not only at uh, on the field, right? We're talking about, you know, Mahomes versus Bo Burrow. What kind of experience does Mahomes have versus Burrow? But also off the field, right? Like what kind of experience does Andy Reid come into in an AFC playoff game versus Zach Taylor, who has has just got a team and has never been to the playoffs with said team. Let's go to the NFC playoff pitcher. Again, starting from the seventh seed, we got the Washington Flying W's at seven. We have the 49ers at six, like I mentioned before. Two teams, both of whom had high expectations coming to the year. I would say more the 49ers than the Flying W's. We've been on the 2019 Revenge Tour for like two or three years now. Like I said in episode uh, 11, they just need to let, let 2019 go. It's over. You know, this season, we are a different team. We're, 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 we're comprised of different parts. But both teams, between the football team and the 49ers, 
had some expectations. Both teams initially underperformed, but again, here they are. Both teams, six and seven seed, with a chance to get in the tournament and more importantly, make some noise. Fifth seed, you have your Los Angeles Rams. Fourth seed, Dallas Cowboys. So two teams on a skid, two teams who can't really feel great about their chances in the postseason right now with the way things have gone the last few weeks for them. I would say more pressure is on the Rams. No one believes in the Cowboys, but the Cowboys fans. So more pressure on the Rams for sure. Our third seed, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Second seed, Green Bay Packers. Two teams I feel like are only where they are at because of elite quarterback play. Both defenses are banged up. Both teams have weapons offensively, and both teams have two of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. It'll get you far, and the Buccaneers will come up in, in the segment, like I mentioned later on, that basically supports what I'm saying about elite quarterback play carrying the Buccaneers to where they are right now. And then the number one seed, the Arizona Cardinals. And it's almost weird to say they've done it quietly, but they they kind of have. I mean, the biggest storyline in the last few weeks for me, or at least what I've paid attention to or read, what I've seen consistently is really just like Cliff kind of dodging the, the coaching question about, you know, he has his contracts over. There's some big college jobs, you know, with Lincoln Riley going to USC. You got OU open. You got Brian Kelly moving roles. So um, Notre Dame now has an opening. So, but that was the big, that's like the biggest story about the Cardinals and, and Colt McCoy has kept the team afloat. Um, they've done it with sound defense. They've run the ball. Kyler looks to be coming back right in time for a playoff push. Cardinals fans only, you know, only concern I would say is again, just hoping that the players that are coming back will gel and get on the same page quickly because they've been out for several weeks, but it looks like a great chance at post-season success for the Cardinals. Let's get into the matchups because they're 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 interesting, probably even more interesting than the AFC. But let's look at the matchups. Again, Arizona has the bye that will help them continue to get healthy, stay healthy. So, wild card weekend in the NFC. The football team would face the Packers again. And that that would be quite the matchup. Actually, be quite the rematch. We saw earlier this season, we saw the W's take it to Green Bay. You know, they didn't they didn't come in there and lay down. They had more first downs than the Packers. They led time of possession. They gained 100 more yards than the Packers. But they did lose the turnover battle 2-1. to one. I also say in the game, and this is something I often say sometimes, especially this season, because you've you've already heard me go off about those guys in those white, those black and white stripes. But I'll say the football team beat the Packers in that game. They just lost to the refs. <laughs> so the uh, football team versus the Packers, the Buccaneers will draw the 49ers. I think both teams want to run the ball. Both teams want to dominate time of possession. Both teams want to play stout defense. 
honestly, when I look at the Bucks and how they won the Super Bowl last season, they took the defensive game plan that the 49ers did in 2019, right? Uh, four down, zone, too high, safety zone, some man, some zone, switch it up. But for the most part, they played over the top. We played over the top on Patrick Mahomes. And we, for again, until the end, middle of the fourth quarter, it worked. And it worked exceptionally <laughs> uh, last season for the Buccaneers because the main difference is they had Tom Brady making some key throws. And we had Jimmy G, who played well, but he ain't Tom Brady. So this will be an interesting playoff matchup. Uh, a win in Tampa, though, you know, would, however, get Jimmy some national respect, right? As most of the national media still feels like whatever goes wrong with the 49ers, it's Jimmy G's fault. Whatever it is, you know, Josh Norman gets a gets in an argument with the coach. Uh, Jimmy G should have been out there to stop him. <laughs> Next matchup. Rams versus the Cowboys. I'd probably lean towards the Rams, but this one kind of reminds me of the uh, the Titans-Bills matchup here. It's like, all right, Matt Stafford is who we thought he was. Well, at least I knew. You know, I, that's who I thought he was. I don't. Maybe some of you thought he was going to turn into. I don't know. Who Aaron Rodgers, maybe? I mean, he has exceptional arm talent. Who has, like, really good arm talent like Stafford? Maybe Rodgers, you know, can really fling the ball. But he's not. Um, like I said in episode 11, as well, related to the Rams, the NFL is not the NBA, and uh, their all-in approach so far has netted them the fourth seed, two less wins in Arizona, and only one more win than the 49er team that looked all but done right after losing to the Colts in the in a rainstorm. And we lost to the Cardinals in embarrassing fashion. And with all of that said, they only have one more win, this, win than us. And they're uh we're in the we're in the sixth seed. They're one, no, they're two seats higher. Um and the Cowboys, we'll talk about them a little bit in the next segment because, there's again, there's a reason why they're floundering. But from my perspective, their struggle will be the big man on the sideline. Can the roster talent, the talent on the roster, overcome Mike McCarthy? And uh, second to Mike McCarthy is can they overcome COVID? Because they've lost some – I think they've lost some games because of players being out due to the COVID protocols. So there's your playoff pitcher with week 13 on the way coming up here. I really look forward to seeing how this tournament settles. So which team do you think has a shot to win it all? You can drop your comments below if you're on YouTube. You can send me a DM at Big Block Sports on Instagram or Twitter. Or you can email me BigBlockSports1 at gmail.com. Which team wins Super Bowl 56 in February? Why is it the 49ers and how much do the 49ers win by? Go ahead and answer those questions. Super Bowl 46. For my fans out there of, you know, less than teams who are not preparing for postseason, let's talk about the top 
10 draft order right now. There's no point in talking about the playoffs without talking about the draft. It's a perpetual cycle in the NFL where if you're not preparing for the playoffs, you're preparing for the draft. So let's do the order right now. I won't spend too much time on it, but let's just get informed. Let's just see where we're at with it. Let's just go through the top 10. Number one pick right now, Detroit Lions back in the fold to claim their crown at the top of the draft. Number two, Houston. Like I've been saying since like episode two or three, Houston, what is the plan, bro? What is the plan? Number three, Jacksonville. Is Urban leaving, right? Is Urban Meyer leaving to go go to one of these college openings? He needs like 12 more blue chip recruits in Jacksonville to uh to make it work. And hey, guess what? You don't get blue chip recruits in the NFL. You have to actually like draft and develop and coach players. There's no, I mean, there is, I mean, free agency could be considered a transfer portal, but <laughs> will Urban leave Jacksonville? Number four, New York Jets from Seattle because of Jamal Adams. I think the Jets kind of won that trade. Number five, Jets again because they're terrible. That's all. Number six, New York Giants. Can they draft a coach? Is that a possibility? Are there any coaches declaring for the NFL draft for the Giants? Number seven, Giants again. It is a clean New York sweep in the middle of the top 10 picks of the draft. New York setting the tone for how to draft. So the Giants have that pick because the the second first round pick because they um they got it from Chicago who picked Justin Fields last season. We got Philadelphia at number 8. I think Philadelphia just needs someone on defense to set the tone. It could be a lockdown corner, it could be a pass rusher, or they got to get somebody to help Kelsey on that line. They have to. They they just have to do something. Kelsey's the only dude on the line and he's, you know, he's up there. I'm not saying he's like you know, he's probably going to make the Pro Bowl. He's the definitely the best offensive lineman on the team, but it's Kelsey. You know, he's been in the league a long time. He needs some help. Number uh, nine is Philly again. So, again, Jets twice, Giants twice, Philly twice. This pick for second pick for Philadelphia is from Miami. And then number 10, Carolina. <clears throat> Can y'all just draft a quarterback already? Like a top, like can y'all just draft a top 10 quarterback? Like can y'all do that? Can y'all stop, stop trying to retread, you know, whatever it is. The Like can y'all do that? They've drafted Cam Newton in 2011. 10 years ago, they drafted Cam Newton number one. How'd that work out? I, th- I think it worked out pretty good. You know, now Cam is back. But this is not Cam Newton anymore. Now now you have Sham Newton. <laughs> and then they drafted real Will Greer in 2019. He's now on the Cowboys. So the two quarterbacks you did draft, one is one has left and come back and is definitely not the same player. One didn't even make a hiccup in the team. So, you know, good luck to all of those teams in upcoming draft as we get closer 
and closer to the end of the season, we will dive more into those draft picks. If you want to check out uh, some great draft, mock draft, top 10 picks, uh, prospect talent, Walt of the East West Sports Podcast Network. I want to say his Instagram is WS underscore for mayor. But Walt, you can find him anywhere on my Instagram feed at Big Block Sports. We share content. We we join each other's podcast. He's really great at looking at the college game, looking at the college players. He can definitely give you more detail than I can right now when it comes to what's happening in the draft. But man, lots of teams doubling up in the first round. Like, let's see what they can do with it. So there's our playoff pitcher. So for those teams that are at the top, there's our draft preview for those teams who are at the bottom. But now, but now, it is time for my favorite part of the show. Hopefully it's your favorite part too. You know, we've talked about the playoffs. We talked about the draft, but now, now let's let's just set it off. And I want to set it off. I want to set it off this episode by talking about well, what exactly makes bad teams bad, right? We talked about those teams who are in the in the in the top ten of the draft. We would consider those are bad teams, <clears throat> right? The NFL is truly a game of inches. I mean, every professional sport, right, has its competitive bits. I think the NFL has some of the most complex game plans. It's physically demanding, obviously, right? Every tackle is basically like a car crash, and it happens over and over and over again. I think what a lot of common NFL fans take for granted, though, is the incredible mental requirements that these athletes, you know, have to have, that they have to take on being NFL players. You know, while most may experience as they grow up a dumb job situation in high school or even in college, there's the uh, big man on campus who can do no wrong. I would say those players are, are somewhat of an exception, right? They're not the norm. Most high level NFL athletes are physically and mentally gifted. As they age, their physical attributes decline. They can continue though, they can continue to overcome those younger, faster players because, because the brain always moves faster than the body and it moves faster than the football. So the question is, well, if every NFL team is comprised of these types of athletes, why do some teams fail? and others succeed. To really, I mean, really, really break it down, I'd probably have to spend several hours breaking down drafting and off-season structure and strength and conditioning programs, front offices, even things like facilities, the bathrooms, office staff, accountants, all of these pieces matter in an NFL franchise. That would also take even more hours to break down. And let's face it, we all got stuff to do. I got stuff to do. But I started digging. And there are some things that I've been able to put my finger on related to the best teams in the NFL and the worst teams in the NFL. It's a simple, simple concept. <clears throat> we can call this the anatomy of a bad team. Now, in some instances, um, these issues can cause an entire collapse 
And sometimes we have instances where extreme talent can actually overcome these issues, but it makes the team inconsistent because it's hard to play football. It's harder to play football when you have to constantly overcome mistakes. So my first piece of a bad team is penalties. Sure, we can look at just flat out total count, right? Total count. If we just say these, these teams, every game, what is the total amount of penalties every team has had? Well, we have some clear-cut leaders, I guess you can say. Um, Cowboys and Raiders lead the NFL in total count of penalties. Now, slightly skewed result because of the recent Thanksgiving flag fest that included 14 penalties for each team. They still average, even with that game, which we, which most NFL <clears throat> people who follow the NFL could say that's an outlier game. That's an outlier situation. Both of these teams are still averaging eight point something penalties per game. These are bad teams. Think about the talent on both of these teams between the Cowboys and the Raiders. Think about how much talent they hold. And now look at how they've actually played this season. Inconsistent. Let's look at uh, a list at let's look at the rest of the list. And again, this is just average penalties per game. So again, we got the Cowboys, Raiders at the top at eight point something. And the rest of these teams are decimal points or, or, or one point below that. But we have Carolina, Los Angeles Chargers, Buffalo Bills, Detroit Lions, Cleveland, Minnesota, Jacksonville, Houston. These are your top 10 most penalized teams on average per game. This is why a team like the Chargers struggle. This is why Buffalo Bills struggle. Look at the rest of those teams, Detroit, Jacksonville, Houston, Carolina, Cleveland. What, what are your thoughts on those teams? This is, this, is, this, this is the first part. Penalties overall, they affect games. And there's one more level, right? There's another level to this. Some could say you can call a penalty on every snap in the NFL, right? Holding, for example, there the players are moving fast, the play happens, you blink, you, you, you grab a guy, right? Everything on the NFL, especially the way it's set up, they want players not to think about it. They want everything to just be a natural reflex reaction. So you reach out and grab a guy in the blink of an eye, holding, boom. You reach out and, and tackle a guy, in a split second, oh, you grab the face pass by mistake, right? Unintentional stuff. But penalties for me, I will say the penalties for me that that are deal breakers, that, that really would bother me as a coach or an owner are pre-snap, post-snap penalties. Pre-snap, mental lapses, post-snap, more mental lapses. So pre-snap penalties, what does the list look like? Let's say a common pre-snap penalty that pretty much everyone is familiar with, false start. Everyone down, quarterback starts the cadence, and boom, a guy jumps up early. Well, here's your top five in false start. So again, this is total count, not an average. This is 
total count of false starts this season. Here are your top five teams. Jacksonville, 22. Atlanta, Carolina, Miami, 17. Raiders with 16. Raiders again. So how are those teams doing this season? Good? Nah, these are bad teams. The opposite of false start, right? Because that's offense. Well, the opposite of a false start is offsides. Well, here's your top five count for offsides. Houston, seven. Buccaneers and the Jets, six. Carolina, Pittsburgh, five. Those are your top five, bottom five, however you want to list it. I'll add one more. Cleveland is also tied with five. How are those teams doing? Besides the Bucs, and remember, I said it earlier, right? I talked about the Packers and the Bucks being in the place that they're in because of elite quarterback play, right? Elite talent can overcome. But some would say the Bucs are underperforming this year. They're inconsistent. The other teams I just listed, well, it looks like the draft list earlier, right? So let's just do pre-snap as a whole. So that's like false start, neutral zone, offsides, encroachment, whatever else pre-snap. Here are your leading losers. Cleveland, 34. Carolina, Jacksonville, 33. Tampa Bay, 32. Raiders, 31. A very similar list. Pre-snap penalties come from a lack of mental focus. Well, where does the mental focus come from? Well, I'd have to say it starts with what's being asked of the players, right? Are they being asked to consider a lot pre-snap? Or is the game plan simple and easy to execute? Then I'd start after that by asking, well, what is being reinforced and what is being redirected by the position coaches and ultimately the head coach? The Raiders, right? We talked about the top two teams and penalties overall, Raiders and the Cowboys. Well, the, the Raiders have a bit of an excuse, sort of. I mean, they don't have a coach, technically. But what's McCarthy's excuse? It's his second season with the team. Talent abounds. Yet, yet, here they are. And I know, I know, they 7-4, and four, top seed in the NFC East, okay. If the 49ers played, like, you know, I don't know, the Eagles or the Giants, or the flying W's six games out of year. Hell, we might be seven and four also. Ten and four, you know, like sky's the limit. So Cowboys, Raiders, uh, and again, some of the teams that I named, it just makes sense. Houston, Jacksonville, Carolina, Jets, you know, teams that just like I said, they're in the in the list for uh top ten draft picks. What's the second symptom of bad teams? We know penalties stop drives or they keep drives going for other teams. We've seen that way too many times in San Francisco on third down where Josh Norman or Drake or Patrick or some dude, whoever else they put back there ends up with the DPI. I'm surprised we're not on any of these lists, um, at least in the top five or ten. Uh, maybe I did that by design. But the second symptom of bad teams are conversions, right? We know penalties can take a punt, turn into a field goal, and the opposite. 
you know, a false start for the 40. Now you're putting your kicker in a spot to make a long kick. We've seen how kickers are doing this year. Third and manageable turns to third and long because of a holding call. Third and long turns into a first down because of DPI, defensive holding. So definitely penalties, but the second symptom, conversions and first downs. Yes, right now, the average in the NFL for a drive is six plays, 32 yards, and a net of two points, 2.05 points. That's the average. So basically, out of all the drives, out of all the number of plays, all the total of yards, the average is six plays, 32 yards, 2.05 points. So what allows teams to excel and overcome this average? Well, it starts with getting first downs. Most more first downs, the likelihood you get closer to the end zone and score something, right? Even if it's a three, it's a something. Even if you you manage to get to midfield, you can flip field position and put the other team in a difficult situation, right? So first downs matter. So who is not leading the league in first downs? So this is the least number of first downs. So we have all of the first downs a team has gotten this season, and we stack them in order from 1 to 32. Here are the teams with the least number of first downs. Houston, 160. Seattle, 182. The Bears, 200. Jaguars, 203. Falcons, 207. How are those teams doing this year? They I? No. These are bad teams. No first down, no touchdown. Simple math. For perspective, the Chiefs are number one in first downs. They have 281 first downs. Um, so in order to get the first downs, well, what comes a lot? Well, of course, third down conversion. So that's the second part of this. Like I said, conversions and first downs. So we're going to talk about third down conversions. So let's look at this season. Let's look again. Bottom five list in third down conversion percentage. It's a very similar list. Seattle, Detroit at 32%, Bears, 33%, Raiders and Jags at 33, 34%. Again, in comparison, the Chiefs sit at 51% and they are leading the league in third down conversions. Basically a coin flip, right? 50-50 chance they're going to get it, whereas some of these other teams, 20% lower chance um, that they're going to to, to get a third, to convert a third down. How are those teams doing? How's Seattle doing? How's Detroit doing? How are the Bears doing? How are the Raiders and Jags doing? And at times, at times, right? You got to risk it for the biscuit. So let's look at fourth down conversions, right? While not every fourth down is a viable conversion attempt, more and more teams are going for it. So who is not doing well at this number? Take a guess. I'll pause. Think of five teams in your head. The list is slightly different order-wise, comprised of similar teams though, right? So 
Fourth down conversion percentage for this season from the bottom. Last worst team, Seattle, 16%. Ugh. Ugh. Philadelphia, 28%. Fourth down conversion percentage. Steelers, 30%. Bears and the Falcons at 35%. More teams that are not having a good time this season. So, what defines a bad team? Penalties. Some teams overall, but for me, it's got to be those mental lapses and pre-snap, post-snap penalties. And those teams listed show it's true. What defines a bad team? Lack of first downs. Lack of third down conversions. Lack of fourth down conversions. Now, why bad teams happen? Well, that's another onion we'll have to peel on another episode. But what do you think about this? Is is this the anatomy of a bad team? Penalties, first downs, third and fourth down conversions. Am I on to something here? Is this is this why bad teams are bad, or do you think it's something else? I think I'm right. As usual, you can let me know in the comments down below. Again, if you're on YouTube, like subscribe hit the notification bell if you're listening via the audio platforms all 700 of them make sure you tune in every week for more of the big block sports podcast let me know what you're looking forward to in future episodes as well and i'll get those topics added on the next episode here for you again my name is malcolm a this is the big block sports podcast big block sports We out.